and we thank you, Jesus. You are great and greatly to be praised. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Amen. As we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord, Joshua, the fourth chapter. We are continuing in our series about talking about possessing our promise. Tonight is part three, Joshua chapter four. Came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the out of the people, out of every tribe of man, command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, you shall carry them over with you, leave them in a lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared for the children of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Take ye up every man of you a, a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the promises and the power of God? No matter our situation we're in, we can walk through it with God. Amen. Turn to a few people, shake their hands as you're seated this evening. Man, we, be, we began this series talking about, first we have to have the right mindset and to be mentally prepared if we're going to go over into the promised land, possessing our promises that God has for us because without a strong mind, without a made-up mind, uh, things can easily come our way and distract us and steal our faith and, and cause us to quit and give up and give in. Uh, and so having the right mindset is crucial to build upon in order to see what God has uh, for us. And then we have talked about last week, after having a made-up mind, <laughs> that we have to uh, cleanse ourselves, sanctify ourselves, or consecrate ourselves as the Lord told Joshua to do because he was getting ready to come in the middle of their camp and visit him. And so they had to consecrate themselves and... Uh, we too, before we step into the new promises of God and uh, new territories and conquering new lands and, and God, we too have to prepare ourselves and consecrate ourselves because if we want God to go with us and the God to fight for us while we're out there, then we have to make sure that we are able to uh, invite God into our lives. If, if we're filthy, if we're dirty, God is going to keep his distance from us. Because he is holy, he is righteous, and he is pure. 
and he's not going to hang around dirty vessels and unclean vessels. And so we have to make sure we are consecrated ourselves uh, in order to see the power of God work in us and work through us. And as we are consecrating ourselves, individually we have to do that in our own working out our own salvation as we are doing that, drawing closer to God. Uh, and, and in turn, we will become more united as a body because we are all focusing on the same thing and, and moving toward the same thing, and that is towards closer to Jesus Christ. So, so therefore, naturally, we will draw closer together to one another because our, our focus point is the same point, and we're all moving in the same direction. And so we all have a part in this. We all have something to do, maybe as a part as a, a part of the whole body, but individually we make up the body as well, and so we have to do our part on our own individually, and we may also have other tasks and responsibilities as a part of the body, but it first begins at home, it first begins in our own life, and our own walk. If we aren't uh, right with God in our own life, then we cannot expect to add much to the body as a whole. Uh, so we are expected to carry the cross or carry the ark on the shoulders as the priest did. Uh, um, symbolically, that we got to carry our own weight, our own burden, uh, carry the presence of God uh, in our life to be a part of what God is doing as the whole. And so we need to work together. We need each other. We need to pray for one another and, and bear one another's burdens and prefer one another and exalt and pray for each other as the Bible commands us to do. And so as, as we are doing that, uh, we are drawing closer together as a body. And so uh, our text transports us to an exciting day as we've been leading up to in the young nation of Israel that they were on the perimeter of the promised land, just getting ready to cross over, had to get through the Jordan River. And they had been wandering in the wilderness for far too long. Their beloved leader, Moses, uh, went on to his eternal reward. And so now Joshua was leading them. He was the right man at the right time to lead them into this unexplored territory. And so not only was Joshua skilled in battle, he had been fighting uh, alongside them and with them, but he was also sensitive to God because on this day, Israel was to cross over the Jordan River, uh, but some 40 years earlier, he, they were already, they were at this place before. Uh, it blocked them from getting the promise, it stood before them with the mighty rushing waters and added to Israel's unbelief years earlier that they could not go over and conquer the land that God had promised to give them. And yet, here they are 40 years later, facing the same river, the same waters, the same obstacle. But this time, this time it was a little bit different than it was when they first arrived four decades earlier. This time, the Bible tells us that the river was overflowing. In Joshua 3.15, as they that bear the ark were come unto the Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of the harvest. And so 
Now they come back for their second attempt, and the, it's even bigger than it was before. Its waters were stronger than it was in the past. But isn't that just kind of how it happens after your first defeat or your first failure? You come back for another attempt, and it seems like it's even harder than it was in the beginning. Your problem has grown. Your giant took steroids and, and human growth hormone, and it, it got bigger. Uh, the Jordan River swelled up in size, uh, and so they're still expected to cross it over, even though it has become even larger. But that's when we need to take comfort in knowing exactly who our God, who our God is. It doesn't matter the size of the problem or how big your enemy has grown because we know that our God is greater than whatever it is that we face. Whatever our obstacle is, if it's grown uh, tremendously over the last week, that's okay because our God is still bigger. Our God is still greater. Our God is still able to defeat it. If, if our God is for us, then who can be against us? As long as our faith does not fail, God will see us through to the other side. I believe that. As long as we hold on by faith, God will bring us through whatever situation, whatever trial, whatever problem we're facing. We just got to keep on holding on, even when it seems like it's not worth it. And, and when, there's the, when all hope is gone, we still have to hold on. Uh, just another day, another a little bit longer, uh, because God is getting ready to come through and deliver us and bring us through to the other side. And so it was this type of faith that Joshua had, because he believed that if God said it, then God was going to do it. And if God says to have the priests go first and have them step into this overflowing river, uh, that when they start stepping into the water, that the water is going to part and they will they will walk over on dry on dry ground. And as as crazy and as unbelievable as it might sound, it's not time to step back and try to analyze situations and try to figure it out and logically and how it how it makes factual sense because sometimes it doesn't make sense with God. Because God says, hey, just carry the ark and start walking into the river. We would say, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. You see how overflowing it is and how, how mighty rushing that water is. Who in their right mind would just start walking in the middle of the river? If you did that, we would expect us to be, to be carried away by the draft of the current of the river. But God says, hey, just have the priest start walking in. And all God needs to do is some people to say, I don't understand it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I just got to take another step towards God. I got to take another step towards faith. Step, Take a step and believe and say, I don't know, but God knows. God sees where we're at. He knows where that we need to cross over this hurdle. But if I just take another step towards God, We'll see what God will do. And so sure enough, as soon as the priest stepped in, the power of that raging river came to a halt. As, 
As soon as we take a step of faith, God can put the brakes on whatever is coming at us. God can close the doors to the enemy. And God can open up another door on the backside for us to escape out of. But God needs people that will say, I will take a step of faith into that mighty rushing river and let God step in and and stop the power of the enemy and the situation in our life. And the priests were standing firm in the middle of the river, and it wasn't just like for a minute or two. That would be, that would be amazing in, in itself for a minute that would stop. But uh, the priests were standing there waiting for a nation of people to cross over. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people had to cross through these guys. Uh, and so they probably stood there on dry ground the whole entire day. I don't know how long it would take for millions of people to cross over, um, but uh, uh, they were there for quite some time. And as the last of the Israelites were passing over, the Lord spoke to Joshua in our text, and it says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take uh, 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from, from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's foot stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Uh, and so take out 12 stones from the river, and not just any stone from any place, but go to the middle of the river, to the very place Uh, where the priest's feet stood firmly, and there I want you to grab a large stone and take it with you across the river. And so uh, they did. They they did as they were commanded. And they carried those 12 stones to the place where they were lodging for that night. And that place happened to be a place called Gilgal. And Joshua 4.20, those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And so Gilgal was the first place that they encountered in the promised land, just right on the other side of the Jordan River. This place marked the beginning, the starting point of Israel's sovereignty and of Israel's rule as a nation. It began at Gilgal, and this is where they brought the stones. These stones were to be stacked upon one another um, to become a memorial for what God had done for them, where he had brought them out of, and ultimately to, to see the fulfillment of God's promises. And we see in verse 6, uh, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean uh, to you? Uh, Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be uh, for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And so as the years go by, the children would say, or should have said, Mommy, Daddy, what do these stones mean to you? I see I've came across a pile of stones that they 
They obviously did not form naturally that way. They were purposely stacked uh, that way by another human. Uh, And so why are they stacked like that? Where do they come from? And so it would be the parents' job to say, well, son, daughter, let me tell you, those stones take us back to our beginning as a nation, to the beginning at Gilgal here. These stones came from the Jordan River, and that uh, that is where I personally got to witness the power of God in my life, or I got to walk through the Jordan River on dry ground, and I got to see that mighty river dry up before my eyes. And let me tell you, when we walked up to it, it was the the water was overflowing the banks. It was so uh, mighty and it was so strong of a river. But our God. Uh, put his hand down in the middle of that river, and those, those waters stopped. And we got to walk across on dry grounds. I, I remember like it was yesterday how God had brought us out of bondage and helped us conquer our enemies. And shortly after that, we were marching around the walls of Jericho, and I saw God himself tear down those, uh, those walls. It was an unbelievable time in history. I wish you were there. I wish you would have been old enough to know. But God gave us this land today, and he gave us these stones as a memorial to remember just exactly what God had done for us. And so those stones are a reminder that our God is faithful. Our God is faithful through the good times and through the bad times. Even when we were bound in slavery and in sin in Egypt, God did not forget about us because God's plan was at work and he uh, was coming to deliver us. And so uh, God is always there and he always knows where we are, what we're going through. And, And my children, if you ever lose your way, if you ever get unsure or uncertain about your future or uncertain about which way that you need to go, you need to come back to these stones. Come back to Gilgal. Come back to the beginning. And these stones will be a memorial. They will remind you of who you are, that you are the people of God. You are the people of promise. And they will remind you what God has done for you. These stones are to be a reference point. When I don't know or when I have forgotten my way, go back to the stones and they will point you in the right direction and they will give you the faith that you need to keep on fighting. Gilgal, the beginning of it all where the stones were. Gilgal in Hebrew means a wheel rolling, a wheel rolling. And so what happens to a wheel when it starts to roll? In the beginning, there's always a starting place. In the beginning, it starts out slowly, but then uh, with under the right conditions, it begins to pick up speed and to move faster and faster and picks up momentum. And after it gets going, you don't want to be in the way of that rolling wheel And anything that is rolling that has momentum is going to plow through and destroy anything that is in its path. And so this describes Israel perfectly because once they crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land, their first night was in Gilgal. 
They weren't really much of a nation in the beginning. But all they needed was some time to get rolling, to get that wheel going, and that momentum to be built up. And God said, Joshua, let's get this wheel rolling. Let's start this momentum going. And it it took six days to walk around Jericho and slowly build up that momentum. But on the seventh day, they had some wind at their back. They had some momentum, and all they needed was a nudge to get rolling. And after they watched the walls come crashing down, there was not an enemy that would be able to stand before them. Fear fell on everyone in the land. They were already, Rahab already told the spies that, man, we're already afraid. Uh, We just hear that you guys are coming. Uh, We're already afraid. Everyone's shaken. Uh, And that was at Jericho. And can you imagine the fear that fell on the rest of the land once they heard that Jericho, that, in, uh, that mighty uh, walled city, uh, once they destroyed that, they knew that there was nothing that would be able to stand in their way. Nobody has ever defeated Jericho. Nobody has ever been able to tear down Jericho's walls. But somehow Israel did, and now they've destroyed Jericho, and they're headed towards us. And so there is nothing that would be able to stop and stand in the way of Israel because Israel was on the move, building momentum and conquering enemies and lands and taking hold of the promises of God. But it all has to begin somewhere. There's always a beginning point. And uh, whether you already have a beginning point or maybe you need to declare tonight that today is a new day. Today is going to be a new Gilgal for me because today I'm starting and making my declarations that uh, I'm I'm going forward today. It's been a, a rough start to this year, but today I'm declaring, hey, I need to get back to Gilgal. I need to get back to the beginning where it all started and start getting some more faith and momentum going. Uh, and so uh, I don't need to remind you, but we serve the same God that was with them back then. He still sits upon the throne. He still is all-powerful. He will still fight for his people. And when the people of God come together in one mind and one accord and they start praying and they start fasting and they start consecrating themselves, it's only a matter of time before God says in Fort Myers, hey, let's get this ball rolling. Let's get this going. I believe that we are just in the beginning of that. We're going to start seeing God do great things here. God's going to do wonders before us. We're going to see things that we haven't seen before. We're going to go places we haven't gone before. And we're going to conquer enemies and push back the forces of darkness that we have never done before. But what God needs some people to get together, get the right mindset, and, and, and start consecrating themselves and start moving forward in the right direction. And then God's going to come behind us and push us uh, to see what God has in store for us. So the enemy saw this firsthand a thousand, thousands of years ago. And he knows the destructive force that the people of God has. But whatever forces the enemy may gather, even the biggest giants in the land, they're not a match for our God. Even the children of Anak, even though 
uh, maybe at one point in your life you saw yourself as a grasshopper. You, you saw yourself as hopeless and there was no light at the end of the road where you couldn't see your way out of the pit or the miry clay. It, you may have well had that mindset, but uh, not today, not at Gilgal. You have a renewed mind. You can transform yourself into a new uh, child of God, stepping out in faith and, and believing that if God is for me, then there's nothing that can be against me, and nothing that can stop me. And so we have an assurance from Jesus that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that we are going to be victorious, that we are going to be unstoppable with the help of the Lord. And so now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to give in or to sit this one out. We need all the momentum that we can gather to keep this wheel rolling and to keep pushing forward into the 2020. Sometimes it's easy to get things going, to jumpstart things. It's easy with the new year and the, the momentum that everyone has. Uh, but after January passes, sometimes it may we may take a dip in our faith, and it's just like, oh, what happened? What happened? To, I was all on fire a few weeks ago, and then things start, uh, life starts coming at us even more, and, and greater things starts appearing in our lives, but we have to realize that we just got to keep on moving. Sometimes uh, it's not always going to be a smooth road the way, but as long as we're pushing that wheel, as long as we're taking another step forward, we'll be making uh, progress. We'll be growing together in the Lord. And so the enemy will try his best to stop us, and he can discourage us, and he's going to try to discourage us. If he can distract us, he's going to put it in front of us. If he can depress us and diminish our faith, He's going to do that. And so because he knows if we are not together, if we're not focused, if, uh, then we're not going to be that big of a threat down here. So what do we do when we feel discouraged? Where do we go when we feel depressed? Where do we go to renew our faith and encouragement for our souls? Uh, because, Pastor, right now it's tough. I'm, I'm barely hanging on, and I feel discouraged and distracted. What do I do? I'm here to tell you we got to go back to Gilgal. We got to go back and find those stones. Find that memorial. Visit those stones. Go back to the beginning. Go back to your testimony. Go back to the memorial that you built and reminding you of all that God has done for you. Has God ever healed you? You go back to that memory, that memorial and say God, God healed me back then. I know he can heal me today. God brought me through that hard situation. He can bring me through this today. And see, so that's what we're doing. We got to go back to Gilgal at times, go back to the memorial to renew our vision, renew our faith, and refresh our soul so that we can garner the strength to keep on moving forward. But many years after Israel settled in the land, they had rough times, they turned from God, they, God would send them a judge to hopefully get their life back in order, uh, they did for the most part, once that judge would pass, then they would just fall back in their ways, uh, the cycle would repeat, and I believe the, the reason that Israel struggled and the reason that Israel lost focus was because they never went and visited the stones in Gilgal. 
it was kind of like a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah this is great. Oh, what an what a awesome thing, Joshua. Yeah, we'll, we'll build this monument here. What a, what a great idea. We're going to, every year we're going to take a family vacation. We're going to come back to Gilgal. We're going to talk with our kids and remind them all these things. And uh, yeah, maybe, hopefully it happened to some families, but uh, many times, Things just kind of be a one-time thing. We're just like, yeah, we do it with a good purpose. We we really a, a true, genuine heart, heartfelt moment. But then we just kind of never, we kind of forget about it and never follow up on that and, and never go back to it. And so uh, we see that right after Joshua died, look what happens. Look what the Bible records in Judges 2.10. And also all the generation were gathered together unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them uh, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. What a sad, sad verse. This is, I don't, I don't recall how long they have been in the promised land, but Joshua had just passed away, and so it couldn't have been that long. Couple, couple decades maybe, but there arose a generation that didn't even know God, nor the works that God had done for this great and wonderful people. So that means to tell me that Gilgal was lost. Gilgal was forgotten about. The stones were forgotten, and so Israel lost their way. And God rose up a prophet by the name of Samuel many years later. He tried to keep the Israelites in line, but they did not want a, a prophet to rule them. They wanted a king like the nations around them. And so Saul was chosen to be the man, and Saul was like Joshua in some regards. He was a, a, a great warrior. Uh, he led Israel in many victories, but then the day came for him to be anointed king. And can you guess where Samuel called them to go to anoint Saul to be king? First Samuel 11, and Saul said, There shall not a man be put to death this day, for today the Lord hath wrought salvation in Israel. Then said Samuel to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. All the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. And there they sanctified, uh, they sacrificed uh, sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Samuel said, if we need a renewal, if we need a fresh start, then we need to go back to Gilgal. We need to go stand by those stones. We need to go look at that memorial once again in our eyes. We need to go back to the beginning. If we've lost our way, if we've lost our focus, we don't know what direction to go, we got to go back and to find the last, last altar, the last uh, memorial that we established. If we need a fresh perspective, then we need to go visit the stones. And it was there at Gilgal did, did Samuel pour the oil over Saul. And thus began the age of kings. And David was next in line to rule the kingdom, a man after God's own heart. And so you can never go wrong going back to Gilgal. 
There's not a limit on the amount of times that you can go. You don't have to buy an annual pass and, and pay a, an arm and a leg uh, to go there. You can go as many times as you want. Uh, and so keep on visiting Gilgal. Keep on going back to the stones. And uh, ideally, we should be making memorials all the way uh, as God progresses our lives and draws us further and further away from our old life. There should be many altars, many stones, many memorials that we can turn back and go to in times that we need encouragement and faith uh, and strengthening. And so you can never go wrong by going back to Gilgal's, but you will always go wrong if you never go back. You will always lose your way if you never go back. You can go back as many times as you want, but if you never go back, you will lose your way. Musicians, if you would come. Many years after Samuel had passed and Saul and David had reigned, the height of the kingdom was reached with Solomon. And then things were never the same. Again, I believe because Gilgal had been forgotten. The Israelites had lost their way again, distracted, discouraged, dismayed. God sent them a prophet to help guide them back to where they were supposed to be. This time it was the man named Elijah, and he called for a meeting on Mount Carmel and said, We've got to settle this once and for all. The God who answers by fire, he is God. And it was his, uh, the prophets of Baal did their thing and nothing happened. And so now it was Elijah's turn. And I'm sure that Elijah was whispering to himself or thinking in his mind, I know that we're, I know that we're here at Mount Carmel because this is kind of where it needs to happen. We've, we've gone so far away from God that this is where it's just got to be. But I'm sure that Elijah was thinking, man, I wish we could go back to Gilgal. I wish, I wish we could do this out Gilgal, but probably the, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, they probably would not travel that far, and so it had to be where it was. Uh, and so, the children of Israel, let, let me remind you, as he was probably given a speech telling them, let me remind you of what stands over in Gilgal. The beginning of us as a nation is there. There is a monument of 12 stones that was built as a reference point because when we were to lose our way, we were to go back to Gilgal. And clearly we're here on Mount Carmel because we have lost our way and we have not gone back to Gilgal to look at the memorial of stones. And so I'm going to build a replica here to remind us all again who our God is and what he has done for us and what we are supposed to do as the people of God. Be stand with me tonight. Edmund Burke, some guy who no one really knows, but he said this. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. 
Those that do not know history are doomed to repeat it. And so memorials are not just something for us to look at. They are a warning sign. They are a canary call for those who don't take time to remember why the monument is there. A nation that does not remember is a nation that does not have direction. A nation that disregards the past is a nation that is doomed in its ways. And a people that doesn't remember is a people that does not have a direction. And so as Elijah said in 1 Kings 18, he said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, the same amount of stones that were at Gilgal. He took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the, 12, with the stones he built there an altar in the name of the Lord. And so... There Elijah was gathering these 12 stones and he rebuilt the altar one stone at a time. Recalling each stone's name as he placed it uh, on the next. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Nefalti, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Those stones were a reminder of who Israel was, where God had brought them from, and what God had done for them, the victories that he brought them through. And so after dumping 12 buckets of water on the monument, God answered by fire, and Israel was recharged, they were revitalized, they were recommitted, and we see that the wheel started rolling again because they killed all the prophets of Baal, all the false prophets on that day on that mountain with, with Elijah. They uh, re were revived and revival started again and that wheel started rolling once again. I don't know where you are today. Some might be struggling. Some might be discouraged. Some might be distracted from what God has called you to do. But if you can find your purpose today, if you can walk out of here with a fresh perspective, all you need to do is to go find your Gilgal. Go back to those stones. Go back to that place where God had brought you through. Go back to that memory where God had healed you, where God had delivered you, where God had set you free. And be sure to take some faith there and say, now we got to go forward. We've got a healing and a consecration and a, a recommitment. But now with this new re-energized faith, we got to move forward and go and inherit the promises that God has for us. We have plenty of promises that are, have not been fulfilled yet, but we've got to keep on marching forward in one mind and one accord, and we got to keep on, keep this momentum going in 2020 that we're going to see victory. We're going to see things come to pass. We're going to see the devil defeated in our lives. We're going to be living the best life that God has for us. And so let's keep on moving forward as we begin to sing, as we begin to worship the Lord. Let's just keep our minds focused on God. 
because he's got great things in store for us. Amen. Amen. Let's take take a 